all I want to listen to on podcasts is like just horrific murder shit and mysteries. And um, yesterday, I forgot I had a podcast in my queue. And when I started the stream, I was playing a song, and then it went right to the like neo Nazis are invading the U.S. Here's how we stop that. <laughs> like crusade podcast and they're like what are we what are we listening to and i was like oh shit oopsie daisy you just had hardcore history chugging along in the background yeah yeah just like that's when they started invading poland we have to stop them they've invaded our senate they've invaded everything you say when pal oh we're in oh <laughs> welcome to weekend at effies uh, the past f- four episodes, I think I've been in just a delusional state. And so for this fifth episode, we will maintain. <laughs> maintain. Now, Peter, I just showed you the stay-at-home girlfriend TikTok. Yes. And did you enjoy it first? I Yes, I did. It, if it... If it cut to some bodies in a basement somewhere, yeah. it would have fit the tone perfectly. Yeah, and then I got the smell, and so I started spraying more Febreze towards the basement. I love it, but then I thought about it for half a second, and a lot of people are like, Effie, he lives such a wild life, which I do a lot of the times. But there's a balance to that that includes also kind of being a stay-at-home husband sometimes, mm-hmm. and I'm really bad at it. Like, I'll just, I'll be honest. I try. I try to get better. There's stuff I miss. We're we're paying attention to different things. Um, but here is my day uh, yesterday as the stay-at-home TikTok girl. I landed uh, and grabbed my suitcases at Hartsfield-Jackson. And then I got on the train and AJ said, could you take the dogs out? And I said, yeah. And I took the dogs out. And then I made a pot of coffee and then I drank it, and then I made a pot of tea, and we drank it, and then I made us both ramen soup, the kind he likes. It's vegan, and it doesn't have pork, and then I took the dogs out on another walk that was longer because they seemed restless, and then I got home, and I said, what do you want from the grocery store, and he had already made a list, so I went to the grocery store, and I got a few extra things that I didn't expect, and then I got home, and I said, do you want to do the chicken or the salmon for dinner, and he said, I think the salmon, and I said, I think that'd go well with the rice, so I cooked that up, and then I started preparing to do my stream, where I watch wrestling, and then I took the dogs out again, and then I came home after eating and I decided to go ahead and get on the stream and I watched wrestling. And then at about 1230, I watched my 600th episode of the week of RuPaul's Drag Race. How am I learning foreign languages, Peter? Just through RuPaul's Drag Race. I was trying to think about what movies I saw this week. I did not see any movies, but I did watch episodes of RuPaul's Drag Race from the UK, Italy, the Philippines, and a preview for the new season of maybe... Canada versus the world. It's really like part of Why me. Why Canada versus Well, they the did world. UK versus the world and they included queens from all the different countries that they have done RuPaul's Drag Race in and pitted them against some UK queens to see who would come out supreme and on top. And now they're doing it with the Canadian queens. There's three seasons of RuPaul's Drag Race Canada, four seasons of UK, two seasons of Amsterdam, maybe, two seasons of Italy now. France, Spain, I think has two seasons, Philippines. Uh, what was the other one? Thailand has two seasons. Which you said one was the best one. Philippines is the best one that's ever happened because there is a, 
a culture to these Filipino drag queens where they are just fucking intense and they're kind of mean, but they're fucking hilarious. And none of them takes any of it personally. So be like, you look like shit in this outfit. And she's like, well, then I'm a big stinky piece of shit. And then they all laugh and have a cocktail, but the outfits are crazy. This new UK season, UK season four has been pretty good. Is it four or is it three? I want to say it's four. It doesn't matter. But I like that, uh, and this is like, this is how all TV survives. There's such a formulaic way of it going yeah. that just there's a predictability that helps you understand how it's framed. But also these poor contestants, because they're going in and they're like, oh, this storyline works. We've done 300 seasons of this. We're going to force you into this storyline. You're like, I'm the quirky girl who can't fit in with everyone. And I have to show more versatility and I have to fit in. And it's like, come on, you're never going to fit in, sis. You're going to come in a hard uh, fourth fourth alternate runner-up, and you're going to take a couple bookings. So just chill. You got the storyline. You're a TV star now, baby. I saw, you in, I saw you on the telly. I saw you on the telly. I'm, someone called me a TV star the other day, and that's not... I don't think that's accurate. I'm visible on a TV. You know what's not visible on TV? What? Your butt. My butt. Why are you going to cover my butt up? It's a... It, listen... Do I know that they're going to cover my butt up? Yeah. Do I want to give them the work? How do you be memorable? You make the editors edit your butt out. That footage exists in 4K, though, Peter. They have it. They own it. It's probably on Triple H's hard drive. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing to scope out the scene. You think it's in a special folder somewhere? I don't even know if it's that special of a folder anymore. I think it's just like you just got promo pics and then porno pics. You just kind of switch between the two. It works. I don't know what I'm talking about. Ignore everything I said there. I'm not getting any more lawsuits <laughs> popping up on me. Um, I'm very excited for the GCW WWE expansion. Have you heard about this, Peter? I saw, I don't know. I see things on Twitter. I don't ever understand them. I think there's a weird fascination to being at this point in the public sphere where like, I'm probably not going to get recognized going to Macy's, right? But there are enough people paying attention to stuff that people in my world are doing to where it can sometimes become news on a larger scale. So <laughs> after, after there was a big news rumor that AEW would no longer allow any of their talents to be a part of GCW shows, which there's no real confirmation on that. That's all hearsay. It is what it is. Uh, we started really pushing to be a part of the WWE universe, which we're so excited is expanding. And now if you look at someone like Joey Janela, who's not only been in Japan and the UK like me, but also traveling to South Korea and bringing over talents from these places and going to Australia, you know, you look at the NXT global brand and GCW is really the next step in that. And since Speedball Mike Bailey is already a spy for the WWE, it all kind of fits together. We're going to talk about Speedball this weekend. We're going to talk about the Midwest back in the States, Peter, this is the first normal wrestling weekend I've had in a very long time because it's been, it's like, hey, you know how you usually schedule these things and they make sense? Here's a chaos tornado. Enjoy five bookings on a week in Japan and now you're in New Jersey and here's your mom. She's going to give you all your childhood gifts. Peter, you saw some of the childhood gifts? I'm wearing one right now. My original Boy Scout hat. We were comparing uh, Boy Scout pins we, earlier. We compared pins. We both have the science pen, which is what I believe mm -hmm. that is, the microscope. 
It means we're both scientists. We're both fucking nerds, Peter. <laughs> Thank God I finally became a cool nerd. But I, after seeing all these pictures of myself in my youth, uh, I want to say this. I often think of the Fallout Boy line, and I think it's on their third album, but I might be wrong, where he says, what if you peaked early? Peter, I did not peak early. <laughs> Peter, I have... Uh, I don't know if it's the picture of me in a bow tie and tuxedo shirt with a viola or the picture of me cheese smiling in front of Emeril Lagasse, a picture of Emeril Lagasse painted, no less, at his restaurant that was then signed by Emeril Lagasse and sent back to me. Brother, I've been buying eight by tens. Or is it the wrinkled, the wrinkled Johnson and Johnson's baby of the century t-shirt? I've, I'm bringing Peter in to take pictures of the pictures and we're going to do a little a uh, signed trio set. I haven't decided if I want to do full eight by tens or just do like a cute postcard kind of set with it, but it'll be something cute and memorable and fun. Uh, but also absurd. Well, look, if it makes you feel any better, there is definitely a very cringy photo of me dressed as uh, Legolas from Lord of the Rings. Hold in a on. Scrapbook somewhere. Oh my gosh. We're, now you had seen the Lord of the Rings films yes, and you had I read had. the books as well. Yes. We had that discussion about mm -hmm. both of our parents leading us into Lord of the Rings. And I always thought that was weird for my family and you may agree or disagree because you know, like Chronicles of Narnia, it's like, you know, Aslan's Jesus. He's like a scary lion. Yeah. And he gets sacrificed and his power is overwhelming. It was a good way to tell kids like there's some things you're going to read in the Bible that Jesus sounds a little bit angry and it's okay. He's allowed to be. He's a lion. Okay? Now, you want to step into the closet, and then there's a whole magical world in the closet. It's very small. But it's bigger once you're in there and just stay there. And you can, you want to go hang out with a fawn? You want to be with a boy who wears hooves? You do it. Okay? But, and I'll say this, uh, that lesbian Anne Heche, uh, as the white queen, mom, that wasn't Anne Heche. Yeah, well, and this isn't my mom, by the way. I want to clear this up. <laughs> my mom is not like this at all. This is mother explaining Chronicles of Narnia to her kids so that the Bible doesn't seem so rough. You know, that white queen is turning all those kids to stone. You know how much sinning you can do once you're stoned? Exactly none. So I'd get on Aslan's side because there's only darkness if you're going to go eat candy and try to fuck that fawn. <laughs> so with the Chronicles of Narnia thing, with the Lord of the Rings thing being so highly praised and sought after in my extended family and regular family, I was like, seems a little weird to me. But then you sort of go like, I don't know. It's the great story of uh, the great story of heroes. It's the same story over and over. And when you got good heroes, it does I guess it, I guess you can put the, you know, well, where does where's Jesus in Middle Earth? You know, is yeah. he coming? Yeah, is he coming here? Uh, oh God, no, that's Gandalf. That's Radagast. Those are there's a trio of wizards up to no good here. This seems against the word of God. Are these Pharisees? That's my thoughts. I think. Because it when uh, because both both those book series were big in my household. My mom loved The Hobbit. It was like one of the first things she read to me. It was the first thing I was interested on reading on my own. Oh yeah. And then I like grew up with that book because I would just read it over. Because it's and complicated, over. but you can understand it in that. And age. then then you as you get older, you hit the next level of understanding of reading that book, and it just becomes this treasure thing that like grows with you as you oh. get older. Um, but it's it was beautiful. always imparted to me that C.S. Lewis and Tolkien were friends and that C.S. Lewis essentially turned Tolkien into a Christian. 
Okay. All right. I'm into this. And I don't necessarily know if that's true or not, but what definitely is true is Tolkien had created a language and didn't know what to do with it. And C.S. Lewis was like, write a fucking book, my dude. Yeah, you did the you did the hardest part yeah. of the book thing, which now is like, go do the rest hey man, I got to go back and make up a language. I wrote this sick book, but I just did Laura Mipsum throughout the whole middle part where the elves are figuring yeah. things out. No way, dude. You got you to gotta get on that, brother. Get a little narrative in there. Well, maybe C.S. Lewis helped with the narrative. Second thought, though, I like that you can sort of reinforce making good decisions and, and the uh, condemnation of evils and sort of the consequence of evils, too, by adding these books to you know, an already regular church schedule. Uh, yeah. cause you kind of get the reinforcement of these like good morals and you know, it's like Aesop's fables, but with more bloodlust and suffering it's sick. Well, did, it, did you like watch the matrix in high school and like youth group? No, not in youth group setting. I saw the matrix when it came out and we all tried to dress up and run through so the So you woods. didn't like watch the fight scene as like a way to avoid sin or something as like a meta as like a metaphor for stuff in the Bible. Like you didn't watch like the Christian version of the matrix in church. I just want to thank God for the two women that created a film that was shown to children and in no capacity supports the Christian church to support the Christian girl. We will twist a noodle to make it look like a pin baby. We will do anything we can to make it fit. You kids are in with the culture. Let me tell you about culture. Let me tell you a little about culture. All films are through Christ, whether whether they knew it or not. All art reflects through Him. Y'all didn't watch the whole movie; you just watched a clip. No, we just we yeah we watched the dojo training fight scene because there's some <laughs> Christian analogy that you can pull out of that, basically. And it was a way to just like hook every because we would like often watch movies and then there would be like a spin and we're like, and so that's why Jesus died on the cross for our sins well that didn't really have shit to do with that i wish they would have shown the scene from electra where she's cutting all the sandbags with a sword as sort of like mary magdalene didn't leave his side i don't know (laughs) well no the second point i'm making is if you introduce all these extra myths in with like this one's for real this one is for real this is the real one these are good too, but they're not real. This is fantasy those lines start to really blur you know and you as legolas it's just as real as the little kid in the Easter play, uh, you but know, look, riding I in on the miniature donkey. I didn't, I didn't have the hair for it. My hair wasn't long enough. You have the hair for it now. And no, well, yeah, that's the funny thing now is I definitely do, but at, I, I didn't wear a wig or anything. So I just slicked my hair back. So I look like nerdy greaser gangster Legolas. Did you get like a good alfalfa with the Legolas too? I love an alfalfa Legolas. This is incredible. This picture will have to come to light. This may be a higher oh, yeah, tier I'm have to dig this subscription. Out. All right, before I jump into the travels, I want to go over this Patreon thing. Thank you to everybody who's on the Patreon. It is so sick having your support. It makes it easier for us to not have sponsors on this show. Although, we had someone on the Patreon that went to that camp that you were talking about. Whoa, 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 whoa. Which camp is this? The one with the um, asbestos warning that you've seen on tv oh camp lejeune yeah yeah, yeah. yeah it's yeah, a military yeah. base it's like a full-on <laughs> yeah so what did they say about this that they're getting emails about it okay i'm just like for me i saw the commercial again and we'll get back to the patreon thing i love that we're vibing today um and it said if you were in the camp lejeune area from 1953 to 1987 this is a 
this is a period of time two years older than my existence. You may have a problem. But they cut it off right at 87, which I go, oh, well, good. I wasn't there till 95. Honey, I can't imagine that it's all gone. The whole problem's gone. Do I have asbestos poisoning? I once used to ride with a guy who was a trucker and he didn't have like many teeth, which isn't a problem, but he talked, you know, particularly wild. And we heard one of those fibromyalgia commercials one time and he goes, shit, my bad thing. I got fibromyalgia. And I was like, man, maybe you do. You got to get something checked out. <laughs> Did I peek out doing that? Yeah. <laughs> Real bad. You think you can get it? You think you yeah. can capture the element of that? Here's the Patreon deal. There's videos that go up. There's readings that have been going up. Peter's accessible on there. I throw up weird photos. Did you see my snack review? No, I didn't. I don't want to spoil anything. I did a snack review on Jell-O pudding cup candies. (laughs) They're fucking incredible. I was really not expecting it. I am auction. Well, no, I'm not auctioning this one off. I am raffling off. We are raffling off the only gold Effie Award statue in existence. It is the size of a Funko Pop. It is double the weight of a Funko Pop. If you get in, and I'm going to hold myself to it, at the 499 tier, you get an entry in the raffle. Awesome. And it is random. But if you get in at the 999 tier, which there's a lot of you that are, and it's very helpful, and I haven't discerned it yet on exactly what extra things you should be getting, guess what? You're going to get three entries. So three for 999, one for 499. If you're in by November 1st, I'm pulling all the names November 1st. Stay subscribed through November 1st. We're making it happen. Patreon.com slash Weekend at Effie's. It's sick. We're trying to put a bunch of stuff on there. Uh, Peter's better at it than me, but I'm working on it. I got to pee, Peter. I'm going to take a break. All right. Well, Patreon. Patreon.com slash Weekend at Effie's. Get in. Win a statue. I just saw something on Twitter because we took a, a sick little break uh, that Jack Harlow is performing and hosting SNL, and I'm extremely jealous. I was like, I was jealous for everyone that hosts and performs on SNL. I just want to do a saxophone solo and then host the show. I think that would work. Um, that would be your opening monologue is just a saxophone solo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think so. Hi, it's Effie, and then I play the saxophone. I got to learn how to play the saxophone, though. That's going to be kind of the big, the big decision maker here for me personally. But... Did we talk about Jack Harlow last week? No. We had to skip the Jack Harlow concert because we went to Lucid FC to get all these sick clothes, which I'm wearing these like geology shorts right now. They have like crystals all over them. I love it. And the Lucid boys, Chats and Bets, were like, hey, do you want to go see the City Girls with Jack Harlow? And we were like, yeah, fuck yeah, we want to go to that concert. And they were like, well, that's our boy. He's sick we'll give you tickets. And I was like, when is it? And it was on my mom's birthday. So we had to ditch to be good, good Christian boys. And we were, and it was worth it. And it was fine. But man, we missed the concert one weekend and now he's hosting SNL. Come on. I could have blamed this on my power. If I had shown up to the concert, I could have, I could have made this fit into my narrative if this would have (laughs) worked out. Okay. We're getting into the actual travel portion. I've been rambling today. There is plenty to talk about. The thing about Chicago is, where I started Friday, I have finally made the self-discovery about my relationship with Chicago, which is, it, Chicago forces me to put a little work in, and it's always the longest day. So, like, I have to wake up and fly to Chicago, obviously, that's pretty normal, I'm up early, And then you lose an hour, so you're in the Midwest time, so you're like, oh, it's earlier than I think, but it's later than you think in your brain, 
And then I always have to do some tasks or go around or do something and it's just a long day. And this task today was, hey, you've got to go get Gringo Loco's car because y'all are going to drive Gringo Loco's car to Detroit and then you're going to get in a different car and you're just going to ride in that car to Columbus. And you're going, Effie, you're a worldwide megastar. What are you doing driving and getting in cars? Folks, I don't know if you've been to the airport lately. It's a fucking nightmare. When I flew out of Atlanta Friday morning, it is hands down the worst I've ever seen it in my whole life. Even the clear line wrapped around to baggage. It was unbelievable. Lines through the whole thing. It didn't even make sense where the lines were starting or ending. There was no uh, signage for the lines. People were just running in and out, sneaking through barricades. It was crazy. Airports are not fun right now. So I didn't mind actually getting back and just, you know, cruising the USA, as they say, checking out the 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 beautiful landscapes of the fall times. And in Atlanta, it's been a little chilly, Peter. It I've been, has. I've been loving it. And so I expected, oh, the Midwest is going to be brutal. I swear to God, it was warmer in all three of those cities than weird. it was in Atlanta last week. Weird. Very weird. I brought way too much clothing is kind of what I'm saying. But... The car and the key were in different places. Gringo Loco, a busy man. He's about to go to Japan. He's been in Mexico with GCW the past couple weeks. He was in San Antonio the night I was in Chicago. Was he in that crazy junkyard match? I believe he was there doing commentary with Brett Lauderdale. Oh, that's good for him. Yeah, I don't think, I don't know. But he's, he's this mysterious, mysterious creature of magical wrestling power that also has the ability to connect the world of Lucha Libre to the world of United States indie wrestling. And now I'm so pumped that he's going to be in Japan for Gleet. It's going to be sick. I think there's some other people going over with him too. Maybe Commander again. Commander was killing it in Japan. We're going to talk about Commander in a second. He's uh, He's just called Commander. Dude, Commander is... That's sick as fuck. I got to hang out with Commander for parts of the weekend, Saturday and Sunday. And I have the rare benefit of getting to hang out with these guys as performers. And then also kind of just behind the scenes when they're hanging out. And the identity of luchadors wearing masks but being absolutely adorable and or hot continues with commander now commander can do this thing and he says he's been doing it since he was a wee boy where he can run back and forth backwards and forwards on the top rope around the ring so he'll do these situations where you're like why is commander going up to this corner and then he runs across the ropes and then the guys move and then he runs back across the ropes and he catches them with a big dive it's incredible it's like a Cirque du Soleil feat of prowess it's magic but what's even more magic is Commander's smile and his kind disposition and uh, his, you know, loving check-in of how is your day, Effie? What a, what a beautiful human being to get to spend time with uh, is Commander, who will be in Japan. I just, I just love Commander. Okay, so Gringo says, look, it's cool. We worked it out, but you got to get my key. Then you got to get my car. And... You sound like you're on an early Grand Theft Auto mission. I like sit early in the game. Every time I get home in Atlanta, and I've said this before, I go, if I lost on the Amazing Race, it wouldn't be my fucking fault. It wouldn't be my fault if I lost on the Amazing Race because I am sickening at tasks with instructions. And let's just say it. If I have AJ with me, I'm even better at the instructions part because he can read details I'm a big picture guy. I miss a lot of details. 
I had to take detailed notes because if we don't go pay for our domestic partnership, they're going to like get rid of it. Cause during COVID they were like, you have to pay for this. It's $30. And we were like, okay, we'll pay you. They were like, you can't pay over the phone or email. And we were like, well, can we come in? And they were like, you can't come in. It's COVID. So now they're like, you better pay this in time. And you're like, this has been on y'all. I have had $30. I will, I will give it to you. You've so there's a complicated system. And AJ's like, are you sure you can do this? And I was like, I can do it. And it feels like when the kids go out on their little chores. Okay. I get the car finally, but Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne landed like the same time as me. I didn't have the instructions yet. It slowed everything down. And so by the time I got back to the airport to pick them up, they had been waiting patiently. It was hours into the day. And you're just like, how is it two o'clock? And I've been up since 6 a.m. East Coast time. How does this happen? I pick up the boys. And this is like, I spent a whole weekend riding around with Jordan Oliver and Nick Wayne. Jordan Oliver, I believe, 23, maybe going on 24. Nick Wayne, 17, going on 18. Babies. I, I Yes. And that's the point I'm making is listening to them converse, listening to them just speak as friends. I felt 100 years old. Because either I understood what they were saying and I was like, oh, I'm old, or I had no idea what was being said. I had no clue. I was so clueless to the conversation of, and I, I guess it's, is it Gen Z? Is that where we're at? I sound like an old man I right guess now. So. It is incredible because here's what I've learned about Gen Z. They, they care extremely, extremely much about certain things, and then they anti-care about other things and it's hilarious. And I'm glad I'm in this weird millennial branch where I'm like, I'm not like an old millennial, you know? Maybe yeah. I am. Or are we young millennials? I think the cutoff is... Because Gen X is like 40, 50, right? I think the cutoff is like 95 or 96. Okay. So, so we're kind of mid. We're millennials. Um, I think we're towards the end, though, because it starts in the early 80s. Oh, my God. Yeah. Y'all go watch Transformers and your toy selling cartoons and talk about how Gen Z is fucked. Get out of here with that shit. Either way, it makes me so pumped because the next generation will just roast your ass, laugh about it, and then also tell you, like, I'm, I'm going to let my feelings out about this thing in a very severe and magic way and you're like this blend of things is what i've always craved as my as my personal belief system but you guys have perfected it you have perfected it and i'm so happy i don't know what's going on i'm so happy that the new generation can take over and take blame and deal with everything either way i love going out and hanging out with them because i feel like i learn culture i learn new music i like started to put on music in the car with them and i was like guys i'm gonna be honest it's not, we're not going to be on the same page with the musical choices. Y'all got to pick. So they put me onto some stuff. Some of these rappers are real sad about a lot of things. And coming from the generation of, uh, look at all this I have, look at all the beautiful women, look at all the jewelry, look at all the gold, look at all the parties, look at all the everything we have. Going to like, it's very hard being me and I'm too sensitive and things are not working out the way I thought. But to a sick beat is like, you're like, wow, man, like maybe Paul Wall and Fall Out Boy touring together wasn't that weird, yeah. you know? You're yeah. sort of like, that seemed absurd, and you're like, now it's all the time. Yeah, emo really transitioned into rap. And they do it really well. They really do. It's magical. Yeah. People who are like, oh, sad SoundCloud rubber, they're not listening to the music. They're just making assumptions based on physical appearance and dress, and they're missing out 
on a lot of really good emo music right now. Could I name any artists? No. But ask Nick Wayne and Jordan what we were listening to. It was lit. They get into some, some of it slaps, as they say. <laughs> okay. But some of it also is like kind of just like deep. It's like a deep feeling. Yeah. And I loved it. Either way, I was confused. And I was like hyped up and I was like, we got to go places and, you know, we got to have a whole day. But I didn't realize how much time was gone. So instead of doing any of that, we went to Popeyes. <laughs> And I'm like, this is, you feel sort of the woes of being like a grown adult parent who's like, what do you, what do you want to eat? Got, you got to pick. And they're like, I don't care. And you're like, I know you care more than me because I'll go to that paella stand right there and I'll eat some sauteed rice with seafood. I'll eat anything. I'll go eat, you know, Mexican tamales right now. Four of them. Y'all going to tell me they're like, what about chicken? And I was like, could it be Popeye's chicken? And Nick Wayne Bless his heart. He goes, they got the sandwich. And I was like, yeah, they do. So we went to Popeye's and we got sandwiches and we ate. I ate a lot this weekend, Peter. And someone said, Effie is turning into Asmodeus. And for a second, I was like, hold on. Guy's almost 400 pounds. But then I was like, no, I just look like a beefy, cuddly, sexy muscle boy. And without the mustache right now and just sort of the the gruffle fade in, all I got to do is get a fang. We got to work on the fang. Is that too far? The, the, you might be pushing a little bit. I don't know. I saw the photo. I saw a couple of photos on your Twitter from this past weekend. Uh-huh. I think the squid is having an actual effect because you look different than you did the weekend before. The squid. Is this a good effect or a bad effect? No, it's a good effect. Okay, I'm it's into just, it. Like all of a sudden you're looking much more muscly. Protein kind of squid. Out of fucking nowhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love it. And here's what I think. I, I like to do things as a part of a larger story. So like if I'm not like there's stories that are running at these shows and there are stories between these matches, but there can be a larger character story of me on a national scale. And I sort of started setting the tone for it this weekend with the different jacket and with my attitude in the ring, which we'll get to that in a minute to say that uh, y'all think I'm here to fuck around. Y'all keep circulating this picture of me with my hand in my pants like I'm embarrassed by it. He was, someone tweeted the other day, they said he forced a dildo in a man's mouth and he jerked himself off in front of people without telling them. And I was like, brother, if I get you that heated over those spots, imagine if I had actually done the things you're saying, which, which like you've made a visual cue from and decided is factual, but didn't watch the match, which was a sick fucking match. I am bringing... Hollywood Effie to you. And I don't think people are ready for what Hollywood Effie is. And when you say Hollywood Effie, they go to uh, immediately thinking of Hollywood Hulk Hogan of the NWO when he made his heel turn but became more over really than he'd been in years and years. There are a lot of things me and Hulk Hogan do not have in common at all. All right. But one of them, and I mean this, is self-worth. Me and Hulk Hogan both truly believe in our hearts, whether factually or not, that we are worthy and we are superstars and we are uh, objectively able to back that up with facts, statistics, and data. And I can do that. So when I say Hollywood Effie, I'm not saying I'm going to mimic Hulk Hogan. I am saying that a confident, pricky, full of self-worth because I look at the fucking material and I know what I have accomplished and I know what I will accomplish, I'm not going to sit back and go like, oh yeah, like I am great. No. I'm fucking on wrestling and I need people to understand that Hollywood Effie is unable to be injured or dented by your silly phrasing or the words you throw at me. Hollywood Effie is here to fuck on everything. Will I be playful? 
and sexy and fun and gay when I fucking feel like it? Will I also curb stomp your fucking face in and do a cattle mutilation in the middle of a freelance ring in front of a crowd of people who don't give a shit either way? Yeah, I fucking will. Now, will I still occasionally lose a match? I don't know. I don't remember it. But me and Bounty Keith, Brian Keith, the fucking uh, killer that he is, we had a banger Friday night and Hollywood Effie was in full force. We were locking straight up. I went sucking no dick. I did grab his nipples, but aggressively, and it worked itself out. This year, I have wrestled that man four times. The first in early February or late, yeah, early February, where my hands were so cold that I just socked him in the face because I couldn't feel my fingers. The second for New South in the middle of a tournament where I stole a finish from Dean Malenko. The third being at Garden State Pro Wrestling as a part of another tournament where he beat my ass. And now the fourth freelance for the legacy title, a title I have held before that I put back on the map and gave legacy with hot boy Eye Candy Elliot and our heated feud that ended in a dog collar match. We had one of the most physical contests we've ever had. As we say, it keeps getting better and better. But a rare, absurd fact was brought to my attention. And this goes to show you how much time I have been spending with this person over the course of the year. Because these are all at different promotions, like I said. These are four different promotions where these have taken place. Jordan Oliver goes, dude, I've been at every one of your matches with Brian Keith this year. I was like, they've all been this year? And he's like, yeah. He's like, and I've been at all of them. And I was like, holy crap. You've been at every single one of these matches. To fight someone four times in a year, very rare. To fight someone four times in a year and have the same friend also on those shows, when they're different shows in four different states, that's kind of incredible. And I think it goes to show you that like, it's okay for me to give myself a little credit here and be Hollywood Effie and be physical and give you the version of myself that I'm going to give you, which I've been doing anyway, but I've just been in a little more lighthearted mood. But now that all you dipshits and cornet suckers want to go out and talk shit, Hollywood Effie's going to fuck on you. You just wait until it hits TMZ because someone's going to overstep their boundaries this year. I don't know where it's going to be. And people are going to remember how fucking large I am. Right, Seth Rollins? Because I'm going to freak out on someone and I don't care anymore. Put me back in. Give me another fucking mugshot. Let's go, America. Hollywood Effie, I'm in full control. You can go along with it or you can get fucked on. Freelance was so much fun Friday, Peter. Freelance is a place where from entrance to exit, I am accepted fully for who I am and people get really into it and they're really hot for Effie there. But it's also a place where I feel so comfortable and I can experiment with these things. That purple jacket means violence. It's coming out and it stayed on all weekend. And yeah, Saturday was a little more playful. We'll get there. But I'm not going to be fucked on. And I'm not going to be talked about based on one or two pictures of myself as if that's representative of my career or what I do. If people think I'm just the hokey little gay boy still, who's basically doing a Don Shukadino gimmick, but also on the weekdays with a man uh, for pleasure and not just money, guess what? I don't know. Maybe you're right. But also, there's. I'm done. I'm done defending it. Listen to me here, defending it. Chicago ruled. And guess where we went back to? The Silicon Valley sex dungeon, oh, brother. hell yeah. And this was the first time that uh, Jordan Oliver had been there. He'd been to the old house. 
So who was it that was with you for all four of those shows? Jordan Oliver. Did I not say that? No, 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 no. I just, I wanted to say the right person. So you had four shows. So that's one, 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 one. And then if you add him to it, it's two, 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 two. It's all of it. He's, listen, Jordan Oliver's a good luck charm. Jordan Oliver also, like if you had asked me when I was his age, like, do you think when you're 32 that a 24-year-old will get you reignited and fired back up into taking certain things seriously in your life? No, I wouldn't believe that in, a, in an instant. But he's literally at such a, he's a man of high moral conviction. And what's also crazy is we're both Geminis. He, he has his lovely significant other. I have my lovely significant other. Uh, and then it clicked. I didn't realize he was a Gemini. And then it clicked and I was like, oh. I was like, there are these two sides of you, which is one is like, Things are dead serious right now. And then the other side is this, like, let me go, let me go fuck with him a little bit and see, and see if I can get him fired up. And it kind of clicked and it makes sense. Jordan Oliver rules. He's one of my friends. I think that's awesome. I am hopeful that his career keeps taking off, but sometimes people sleep on Jordan Oliver and Jordan Oliver is uh, he's a fucking goat at wrestling and he has put in the work and we've talked about him the past few weeks here because he killed it in Japan. Jordan had been to Trevor's old house and Trevor outlaw. This was his return to the ring from his severe knee injury. He's been out for a full year and he's now returning to the ring. It was a great time, but Trev Timber, is it Trev Tober? Trevember? Doesn't matter. He had a lot going on that day and he actually had some people over to the house to partay. And Jordan had been to his old house and we had, uh, Fired up some cabbage there with Radrick and uh, Trevor and myself having a good time. But this was a whole new adventure for him. Um, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this the right way. It's a weird house, right? Like we've discussed this a little bit. And the shower's just sort of like out in the open. Yeah. <laughs> and me, I don't give a shit. Like it's, you go behind a doorway, nobody's coming in or looking. But he was like, dude, I'm not using that shower. And I was like, I was like, I don't blame you. Whatever. Either way, I didn't sleep much. Trev had people over. We had to get on the road the next day. I'm the only one that can drive the car. Nick's not driving. Jordan's not driving. So after sleeping like two hours, being up the day before, fighting Brian Keith and being so sore, this drive pulled it the fuck out of me. Was it beautiful out there driving through all of Michigan? Yeah. Was it full of traffic and construction? Yeah. Do I miss driving to shows a little bit because you're in complete control and when you have to pee, you don't have to worry about when the fast and seatbelt site comes off? Yeah. Did I have to stop upwards of 10 times to pee because I just kept chucking liquid? And I was like, listen, pee cup, I, that part of my career, it, it's a little bit over because people are going to, someone's going to take pee cup the wrong way and nobody's bold enough to go, hey, if you pee in that cup, I'm going to feel uncomfortable. So I just can't do it. You can't do pee cup anymore. So you have to make real stops and it's like, it's annoying. Either way, by the time we got to Detroit and Harpo's, the legendary venue that is Harpo's, I was exhausted. So while everyone else was like going in the building, I said, screw this. I'm going to lay down. Now, one thing I forgot to even tell you here is on the way into Detroit, we get a call and they go, can you pick up Yamato, who is a Dragon Gate superstar who sort of heralded in this weird Dragon Gate era of wild wrestling. He's a legend. And I was like, yeah, I'll go pick up your motto. And in your career, you don't think in your life, like, uh, let's say, let's use this example. Like you don't think that Scotty too hottie is probably hanging out with like 
uh, well, maybe you do, maybe you do think that hanging out with like triple H or something, but there are weird times in my career where I'm like, I'm driving someone around who I would have never expected that our careers, even if we were both over in wrestling would have crossed paths. But here's Yamato from Japan on his U S excursion tour 20 years into his career. And he's in the front seat of gringo locos car being driven by Effie with the two kids in the back, listening to thin Lizzie. I love thin Lizzie. And I was cranking thin Lizzie and it was silent the whole way. Just taking Yamato. I said, Hey, we said, Hey, we did our thing. Drove him there, listened to Thin Lizzy. So I get to the venue and I let them all out. I take a full-on nap. I am napping, napping away. And if I didn't nap, I don't think I would have been able to function in the match that I had. It was a great match. We had a fun time. Bussy, back together again. We are going to be at Glory Pro this Sunday. And we can't announce ourselves as Bussy. So Why not? Because it's a more family-friendly show. I get it. I, I will compromise for this particular situation. But we've decided on our PG name. And now that I'm leaning into children's TV programming, and I'm going to be a huge uh, network television TV children's host star, um, Bossy, the team of Ali Catch and Effie, they're Bossy are showing up to beat some butt. Yes, I love it. <laughs> We're going to whoop your hiney. Bossy is the real deal. And all we got to do is just kind of put a Sharpie mark over the U for the merch. And we're perfect. We're fine. Uh, we are, yeah, we are not bussy on Sunday. It is the debut of Allie and Effie. They're bossy. Isn't this great? I love it. I want a bossy shirt as soon as possible. We're making a, yeah, um, we got to, we're going to make it cute. Uh, I figured out, if you listen to modern pop music, which I do, what you can learn is a lot of these songs, the way they write them is they just say some really horrible, explicit, terrible shit. Cause it's easy out of your brain to kind of do that, to be like, I'm going to fuck you in a club without a condom. And you go, wait a second. And you're like, Oh, 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 I'm going to love you in your heart. It's not a problem. You use the fucked up part to get the melody out of your head because it's easier because you're like, yeah, I feel passionate about fucking in the club without a condom. But then you got to make it right for the people. I'm learning about self-censoring. This is crazy. We're watching it happen in real time. Bossy is the number one tag team in the world. Allie and Effie better not cross them. They're bossy. Right. You basically just described how it was really easy for Christians to take pop songs and turn them into praise songs. Kids bops. Effie kids bops. Yeah, that's uh, or like uh, what was the. There's a lot of them they do that with, but I'm thinking yeah. of some in particular. The last time I went to church with my parents was at a Christmas show and they were playing Carol of the Bells with snow coming out of the ceiling. And I was like. I don't know if this is the right track for me and for my immortality. And also I just couldn't get over the fact that like, man, dude, if this is heaven, I'm gonna have to listen to these songs. Like what? That's what we're going to do. We're just going to hang out and listen to songs and eat honey and berries. This sounds soft as fuck, dude. I'm not going here. All right. Well, back to the, back to the part of uh, me being a PG superstar. I was not in this occasion. Maybe I was a little bit. We fought an old man, uncle Chase Barnett, who I'd booked at the, uh, big gay brunch before and we fought mm3 who i fought before in a triple threat and maybe a singles and maybe a six man i don't know i've fought him before i got to just open the match doing basically and this is brief peter and i'm talking about violent serious effie but here's effie doing whatever he wants 
I was just doing Buster Keaton cane things with this old man. The old man had a cane. So, of course, I'm like, you can't use that cane. So I steal the cane. And then he lets me follow my ass. And then I try to hit him with the cane. I try to break the cane. And then he takes the cane back. And then I dodge the cane. And I think I'm smart. And he nut taps me with the cane. And I'm going, you know, a few years ago, I would have thought this was a fun idea. But I would have been like, I don't know, wrestling. Now, Hollywood Effie, you know what he says? Yeah, shit's going to kill. And you wish you could think of it, you dumb fucks. Have fun falling on your head extra, you stupid idiot. I, instead, am going to be silly and then throw people on their heads. And they're not going to throw me on my heads. So go fuck yourself. It's spicy today, Peter. It is. Have you seen the Sasha Baron Cohen thing where he accepts the Charlie Chaplin Award and knocks the old lady off stage? <laughs> no, but I'm fully on board with this Kaufman-esque <laughs> bullshit. The new king of Kaufman, Sasha Baron Cohen. Also a person I don't think it would be fun to hang out with. <laughs> no. I'd refuse. No. I don't. The second you feel like you're good friends with Sasha Baron Cohen, you know, where's, where's the leaked footage going to end up? He's going to trick you. Can't do it. Can't I, fall for it. I saw someone describe Nathan Fielder as as um, Borat for introverts. Oh my god, it is, and it's less. There's less obviousness to it, and less prosthetic makeup sometimes. I don't know the big suit he wore. Balenciaga sold out this week, wearing his giant suit on the sitcom. Yeah. Um, Detroit was lit. Harpo's was lit. Got to see a lot of good friends and fans there. I was brought some treats and goodies. Our good friend Daisley Mayer, well, my good friend Daisley Mayer of Twitch fame, uh, brought me not only some goody goodies, but licorice. I will say this, Peter, and some people are going to be uncomfortable with this as a performer. I don't give a shit because I'm in control, you dumb fucks. And everyone knows the drill when they get in the ring with me. And you really wouldn't want to wrestle me if I wasn't a little bit toasty. That weed in Michigan is crazy. It is so intense. I felt like I was floating on a magic cloud, but I could also still jump in the air. It's crazy. Harpo's legendary venue, cool times. We get on the road. Now, thank God I was exhausted at this point. Allie took over and she had a rental car and we all still, it's me, Nick Jordan and Allie now driving. And I was collapsed at this point. Like I was in the chair, just like, and after the show, like I finished the match and like I'd smoked a joint earlier, but I finished the match and I finally just take some edibles and then I get through the merch line and I'm like, whoa. And she's like, just sit there, baby. And I was just collapsed, done. And then she pulled into Wendy's and she got me a little cheeseburger. And she got me some nuggets and a Diet Coke. And then I got a little nicotine in me and I was a good little boy. And she drove all the way to the hotel. It was fantastic. We pumped in. Got a full 10 hours of sleep, and then we woke up the next day rested and feeling gorgeous. You ever wake up and you're like, damn, this is what it feels like to really sleep? I haven't felt this in a long time. Yeah. She gave me that. It was magical. I think I slept 10 whole hours. Matt Justice texted her in the morning and said, how's my baby? Because I was a little cranky boy. And she said, he slept and he got Diet Coke and chicken and he's good. And I said, yes, I'm good now. And luckily, we pre we prepared ahead a little because these shows where you're flying out, you always just go to the airport. There's a hotel by the airport. You take the shuttle to the airport. You go in the shuttle. But when you're driving, you can kind of portion these drives. So she's like, I'll drive an hour tonight. We'll stop at the hotel there. It'll be cheaper and less busy. Not that we're, we're not paying for the hotel, but, you know, you work it out. And then we'll have like an hour to drive the next day way easier. 
we wake up and Gringo Loco has texted me and he's like, do you guys want to go get breakfast? I'm like, fuck yeah. We want to go get breakfast. It's noon. We've slept in. And Gringo and Commander and his crew, they go to uh, Cracker Barrel and he goes, dude, can't do it. We had waited too long. Church had already gotten out in oh, Ohio. No. The Cracker Barrel's fucked. After, if you get to Cracker Barrel after about 10, 10.30 a.m., fucked. If you can get there before 10.30, those old people are still at church. But on a Sunday morning in Ohio, they were at church only until about 11. And then, boom, they are packing the Waffle House. I mean, the the Cracker Barrel. I just spoiled the rest of the story, which is Gringo went forward. We went to Waffle House. Do you want to hear my Waffle House order? Yeah. <laughs> They all started, I realized some things I do are a little much when people start looking up slow at me. And this was the situation here. I like to order the food and the drink at the same time. So I got a coffee, a water, and a Diet Coke. Then I get an all-star special with over-easy eggs, bacon, double hash brown, scattered, smothered, covered, diced. Then I get a chocolate chip waffle. And then I said, do you have pie? And they said, yes. So I got a double slice of pie heated and buttered on the grill. And I say this all sort of in one <laughs> fell swoop. I've done Waffle House a few times in my life. And the kind of reaction of like, oh my God, he knows exactly what he wants. And it's way too much. I ate all that food, Peter. I felt sustained by the Waffle House. I stuffed my face with Waffle House. And this will be important for later because it time is a flat circle. I we, had a, I had a dream. You just triggered something. Oh no. I had a dream about you and pie. What? What happened in the pie dream? Uh, so I have, I've been building, <laughs> I've been, this is going to sound so crazy. I've been building a dream house and. No, it doesn't sound crazy. The central, the, my center of my dreams is the Six Flags in Atlanta, Georgia. And I figured it out and it's high detail and I can access all of it. It's oh, insane. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So you, you know what I'm talking about. I know about exactly that. what you're talking about. Um, so I have parties there all the time oh where God. just like everyone that I know will show up. And so I can just like talk to whoever I want. And so oftentimes I will have people just kind of floating around in the background and you weren't a central part of it. But every time I saw you, you were eating pie. <laughs> You know, I like that. I would like that to remain a part of the non-dream world because I love pie. Do you know how hard it is for me to walk into a grocery store and not buy an entire pie for under $4? Every time I go in the grocery store, I go, man, that whole pie is $4. But I know what would happen. Peter, I want to I wanna say that I'm honored to be a part of your dream house. I'm glad I made it there. I have, uh, I will say in Japan, I had a lot more dreams. Crazy dreams. Interesting. Very like deal with this. There's something happening crisis kind of dreams. Not horrible, but like, can you deal with this thing right now? Dreams. And it was because I was not smoking weed. So sometimes I need to back off of that. But I will say I've had tremendous results with mugwort. Have you used mugwort before? Yes. I'm a big mugwort guy. Etsy has mugwort for like $3 an ounce and you can make a tea. You can smoke it. It does not provide any high or hallucinatory effects to me but then you go to sleep and you can access uh, maybe building your own barbie dream house do you think that's what she was referencing Wait. barbie's dream house maybe maybe that like barbie was like in a like she was living in her own mind and all of barbie's world is am i giving away the greta gerwig movie i think you might be oh god are we Holy in a snow globe shit. disgusted i just keep thinking about furry barbie uh, visible on my Instagram and I'm going, maybe this is just her living all of her fantasies. You know, maybe that's why Ken is flat down there. He's finally getting to live one of his fantasies where he's not stuck with this dangly weird thing. Do you think that's going to be a part of it? 
I hope I listen. show Ryan Gosling's non-dick. I think it's important to show that uh, your identity is not built around genitals. I think we can build into this, and it's important. Someone said they read the Greta Gerwig script, and I think Noah Baumbach helped with the script and said it was one of the most incredible pieces of art they've ever read. So I'm like, I'm night one. Listen, there are many reasons I'm night one for the Barbie movie, one of them being that <laughs> we're gay, but... Another reason being that, um, and this probably leads into the first reason, I love a tight script. <laughs> I need to go back to the movie theater, Peter. It has been a minute since I've been since I've been able to watch a film in the theater, and I'm disgusted by it. I did watch, uh, no, boy, we'll get to that on the minisode. The Columbus show, but this happened to me twice in a weekend, where I was like, Detroit show starts at 8, no, starts at 7. And then I was like, Columbus show starts at like seven. No, it starts at five. So by the time we got there, it was like almost doors. And I was like, fuck. But the venue we were in was beautiful. We've never done this venue before. It's like an old timey ballroom, 100% Ooh. haunted. And then they had a witch statue that I think was there for Halloween, but it was like, it was a spooky witch statue. All these pictures of like jazz musicians. Someone said that Frank Sinatra performed there one time. The Valley Dale Ballroom, and it had no service, which like, I know a place is a little haunted when I have just no service, and then yeah. I walk outside and I have 100% service, and you're yeah. like, there are doors and windows open, something's wrong here, but very sick venue, and luckily, I got to, happy birthday to Manders on that Sunday, I got to be Manders, he was originally slated to be in a six-man spot, I don't know what I was going to do, probably a triple threat with Mike Bailey and John Gresham, who were the main, I'm just kidding, probably not, um, so I took Manders' place in the SGC versus Unsanctioned Pro dual promotion highlight match. And once again, in the Purple Boy, I was ready for some violence. We got out there. It was Aaron Williams, Lord Crew, and my favorite, Jeffrey John. I'm sick of having to fight him and him being a little dick. If you're not familiar with Jeffrey John, the Babushka Boy, go check that out. He is a known dick in Ohio. He has lots of heat on him. I spent the whole match beating his ass and he beat my ass many times. Um, these boys with pretty eyes, I don't like hitting them. It's difficult to look a man in the eyes and think what, what a handsome fellow, what beautiful eyes and then beat the shit out of them. It's hard to do. And I'm like, I'm recognizing the weakness in myself and pushing through it. And the purple coat helped me still just beat the shit out of him. Uh, I got to meet his mom as well. You just got to watch fight club again. Yeah, but isn't it sending me down a dark path? Have you ever punched yourself for real in the face, Peter? No. All right. Well, I don't think I need to watch Fight Club anymore. You know what I mean? Like, I'm at that phase where uh, sometimes you just punch yourself in the face. Not as a self-hate or harm thing, but as a, like, I gotta go get punched in the face. But isn't Let me it, wake up. Isn't that the scene where he's fucking up Jared Leto and he's like, I just want to destroy something beautiful. Isn't that... Yeah, it is. But, like, I just, I just want to have a platonic thruple date uh, with all of us, you know, going to Olive Garden and having a nice meal. And you saying, this is pretty good pasta. And I go, it's unlimited. You know, in 1995, Wait, when all with Jared Leto, no, 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 he's no, the third party. No, he's not. If no. we go to Olive Garden with him, he's going to make us get tattoos of it. I just want to say one as another, as a rising celebrity, I want to make it clear of who I'm not going to be uh, careering with. And Jared Leto's on the list. Julia Roberts, fuck off. Jerry Lito, fuck off. Uh, and I'm, I'm sorry, no offense and not fuck off, but 
I'm too scared Sasha Baron Cohen. So that's the list right now. There's some others on it. There's many on it. Uh, I have to let them know. We're not going to participate with this fucking angel. What's it? Not angels and airwaves. God damn it. I don't want to talk about that either. Yeah, I don't want to hang out with Tom DeLong. I'm not hanging out with Tom DeLong. I'm not getting anywhere near Tom DeLong. Fuck. Fucking loser ass. He talks so much shit about the Blink-182 reunion when they had to get Matt Skiba in on it. Like, also, nobody needs to hear you guys play Damn It anymore. You're 48 years old, you dumb shits. It wasn't good then. It's not good now. And the people who are paying too much to attend this show need to be focusing on getting a mortgage instead of listening to more Blink-182 garbage-ass fucking music. I can't stand Blink-182. It's like the most coasting, uh, untry-hard version of that scene, and they were the most popular, and it's disgusting. I don't know. I'll never, I'll never be into... Blink-182. Mark Hoppus wrote, What's My Age Again? A song about being, I think, 22 or 23 when he was 27. Yeah, and now he's 48. You know, what is your age again, Mark Hoppus? Why don't you fucking, why don't you hem those shorts, pull that bass strap up a little bit, and learn learn to read music finally? Would that would that work? Or are you just, just going to do the Ramones thing until you burn out? God, at least the Ramones did cool drugs that took them out quick enough after it was uncool to just sit there and not be good at your music. I love the Ramones, but I'm just being honest here. I love the Ramones too. We beat all over their ass and then had a beautiful meet and greet where I was brought many treasures and treats again. People, thank you for thinking of me. <laughs> You're like a dragon. I am a dragon. <laughs> bring me, bring me your gold. I've often joked that you don't have to tithe 10% to Effie. But 8% would be nice. You know? We're a new generation. We get to choose our tithings. We get to choose our charity. Uh, I was stopped the other day by Heifer International. Are you familiar with Heifer? No. Heifer International, you sponsor uh, livestock to be given to people in third world countries uh, to help them what survive. Yeah. Well, you can give a cow or a sheep. You know, And they tell you, you know, this sheep is going to provide wool and the economic benefit of being able to sell wool to a lot of villagers. And so it's kind of a beautiful gift to give, but I was stopped by heifer international the other day. They said, have you heard of heifer international? And I said, Oh yeah, I certainly have heard of heifer international. Cause that's what my grandpa used to get me for Christmas instead of a real fucking gift, which is not the correct way to look at it. But also I don't like being harassed in public. And if you want to talk to me, baby, you took that risk. I'll talk back to you. It's not in a rude way, but it's sort of like, yeah, I'm familiar yeah, I've been sponsoring livestock since Jesus was born on Christmas, brother. And I, uh, I, one time I, we used to do a gift pull. So you pull somebody's name so that it, as yeah. adults, we don't all have to get gifts. And I got him and I gave him a livestock <laughs> and he was very appreciative. And I was like, I don't think this prank worked out <laughs> or else he knew it was a prank and he played me on it. Okay, I don't know where we got into that. Livestock. Yeah, but I... Oh, because I'm like a dragon and you have to tithe to me. <laughs> I'll be like smog. I don't sit on my gold, though. I put it into slot machines. <laughs> that's the that's the real problem there. Not often. I haven't gone to a casino in a long time. The show, being at 5 p.m. is difficult. But then, when you're done, you're like, yo, it's 8.30. This is incredible. You're tired still. I think this is... It's good that I am honoring my tired lately because I'm still at a deficit of sleep and I must uh, regain my composure through rest. Although I have not given my voice any rest. I'm going to the doctor today to get blood tests done, make sure I'm good. 
which is normal. I have to get licensed and it's just good to check folks. It's good to get tested for things. You should get tested. It's nice to know, especially being a gay person and a deathmatch wrestler. Occasionally it's good to know that I'm not out here just like letting things slide. Have I ever told the story about when a doctor told me I had hepatitis? No, I'm going to tell this real quick. This is turning into a monster of an episode and I love it, but this is an important story and a big fuck you to the American healthcare system. I was 26 at the time and I had been hit up to do extra work for the WWE. You sure I haven't told this? No. Oh my God. Okay. And there's an email that is legendary of me emailing Ryan Katz, who does the extra work at WWE. Yeah, I'll say your fucking name. They can all email you now and get extra work. And he said, we're not going to be able to do the full gimmick. But at this time, I was not over, over, or even over. Uh, so I was like, just like, let me get some work. And I said, no, no worries. I got a character named Jeff Rosenblum or something that Jeff, Jeff, no, Jeff Randstad. Because I was thinking about Linda Ronstadt. I got a character named Jeff Randstad who just wears black trunks and he's happy to be there and he doesn't even need an entrance. And he didn't see the irony in this email and just said, cool, thanks. That should work. Just send me the blood work. So I go to the doctor. I tell them what I need. I get the blood work. And then I get a call and they're like, you need to come into the office. I was like, oh my God. They're like, it's serious. I was like, what? I get there and she goes, you have hepatitis. And I was like, excuse me? And people listening right now are like, what? Right. And I was like, holy shit, like it's over. Like I had to call AJ. We were still dating at the time. This is early in my wrestling career. So he's putting up with more shenanigans and be like, I might be positive for hepatitis. Like you have to go get checked. The doctor said, you know, on a scale of one to 10, it'd be about a seven. I'd be worried. And this is real expensive and crazy and this and that. And then I tell them, you know, for whatever health reasons, I can't come. I don't, I'm not into specifics. I can't do the extra work. And then she says, I have to go to a specialist so he can treat me further. And I go to the specialist and he goes, yeah, so I, I don't, is this the same report she was reading? And I go, yeah. He goes, yeah. She told you you have hepatitis? And I said, yeah, like it's very serious, right? And he's like, you don't have hepatitis. She read the chart completely wrong. He goes, oh. we're going to do a rapid test right now to make sure. So I wait in the office and I'm like, what? And I get back and he says, yeah, you, you absolutely on the, you have no version type or issue of hepatitis. You have nothing of the sort. Your blood work is completely fine. Everything is normal. You tested positive for nothing that gives me any worries. You do not have at any time or ever did have hepatitis. And I'm like, what the fuck? And of course I'm angry. And I go call AJ in the car and I'm like, I'd never had it. He's like, what? Because it sounds like you're making that up. Yeah. I never had happened. No, no. Yeah. It's, it's, he said it was all just a misunderstanding, but it was. I never had it. This dumbass fucking doctor is so fucking stupid. She thought I had hepatitis because she can't read a blood test. That's crazy. Which is the most basic thing. But Peter, what do you think would have happened if I had done Jabroni NXT extra work getting squashed by some dipshit in Orlando on a tape set under not my real name? Instead, I have only ever been Effie and I have only ever appeared as Effie. And if you want footage of Effie for your network, you got to spend the time of censoring out my ass and theme song because I don't fucking work for you. And I am Effie. If I hadn't been lied to by a doctor, Peter, guess what? 
I probably would have been a jabroni. I probably would have never gotten over. I probably would have bent my knee. I probably would have allowed other people to tell me how to do my character who were never over on their own and were mid card at best and didn't make enough money to get out of the business. And now they have to lounge around and try to help another dipshit get not over. I guess like they weren't no, 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 Peter thinking I had hepatitis ended up building my self-worth not because of having hepatitis, but because I was unable to bend my knee to their needs. I was saying, yes, sir, I can change my name, which now immortalized in my super sweet 1600 as one of the party demons. Baby, if you go watch Dead End Season 2, you're going to hear Asmodeus. He's there. But there's also a party demon, and he's in the super sweet 1600, and you can find him. Regular Jeff Ronstadt is now immortalized as a Netflix side character in a cartoon about demons. So thank God he wasn't immortalized as a fucking jabroni. And there's a lot of people who come out fine doing extra work and then they end up coming back or reinventing themselves. Good, but it's rare. Most of y'all, unfortunately, who go do jabroni work, it's good, it's great. It is not going to create a situation where you are selling tickets. Guys get confused when they get off TV or AEW or they did NXT or they did this and they think, oh, my rate can go way up now. Oh, more people are going to want to see me. And then they realize that uh, my being the, the grassroots champion out here works a lot better than just assuming everyone. They may see you on TV, but did they give a fuck? Did you use the platform or just get a platform? I got a platform. Well, you going to use your platform? Huh? I, but I got it. I'm here. Well, does it? Does anyone give a shit? But I, but I wrestled a superstar. I fucking don't care. But I didn't know that at the time. And I would have done it. And I was protected by the energies of a dipshit doctor. So, thank God the American healthcare system is so fucking awful. I'm kidding, folks. We need fucking universal health care and we need certain doctors to feel motivated to want to do their job, not just financially, but because there's a system of checks and balances in place that rewards them being good at their job. I went off on a little rant there with the story, but that is a fascinating story that I forget most people have never heard. And it's a little weird to bring up because you're like, I don't know, blood, bloodborne disease. Either I'm going to the doctor today to get <laughs> blood work done and I am... I was thinking to myself, I should talk to the doctor about something maybe for my voice. And then I thought, oh, if you just use logic and common sense, you would realize that you don't stop using your voice. At no point do I stop between the Twitch streams and being out on the weekends and talking to people, even just in person. I can't stop myself. I want to communicate with people. I want to hear the story. I want to play ball, baby. I can't get rid of it. So what they're going to tell me is to rest my vocals and to drink salt water gargles and to stop vaping so much and to stop smoking weed all the time. And guess what, Peter? We're just going to have to see what happens. Someone told me this week and they said, I like your hoarse voice better. And I was like, please don't tell me that because the more people uh, enjoy it, the more permanent it becomes and I can't handle it yet. I've already had to rule out starring in Oklahoma on Broadway. I can't hit the high notes like that anymore right now. I want to rest my voice just to know if I can still go there. I don't know if I can. And was I offered a role in Oklahoma on Broadway? No. Do I love the reinvented version? The new diverse stripped down version of Oklahoma? Yeah, I think it says a lot about today. Am I going to be able to do it? I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm enamored with the fact that Alex Brightman 
did the character of uh, Beetlejuice on Broadway for like two to three years. Yeah, Beetlejuice. And then was able to do both the soft, sweet voice of Pugsley the dog and the infected by uh, Temelucas demon version of the dog. I, I want to know his secrets. So to my co-star who I've never met in person and who I'm a huge fan of and who has the best song of all time in documentary now on the uh, the co-op episode, Alex Brightman, if you have any tips or tricks to help my voice, and I probably need to hear just shut the fuck up is probably the best answer. Please help me. Uh, am I name dropping here? Yeah. Am I hopeful that he really has an answer? Fucking yeah, I am. Very hopeful. After the show, we went to the hotel. But before that, we went back to Waffle House. And the first Waffle House we went to, I was like, it's right next to the hotel. This is perfect. And not only were they uh, order through the window because we don't have enough staff and we're not going to deal with you in here. They were also like, we can't cook food right now. The cook left. I was like, shit. So then we end up going to a Waffle House closer to the Ohio State University campus. And what do I order at that Waffle House? Almost the exact same thing, but they didn't have pie. So I ate that same meal again about about uh, 12 hours later. And everybody was like, I was like, are we okay with this? And they were like, we're totally okay with this. This is perfectly fine. Shout out to Alec Price. Alec Price was with us at this time. He was staying at the hotel too. We had multiple rooms. Uh, I'm a benefit to any promotion when you have to book a hotel room. Because not only do I have... Uh, legal licensing to have an ID, but I also have a credit card for the uh, incidentals on the room. And people are going, what? Yeah, most wrestlers don't have any credit cards. And I'm not just talking about like, yeah, Nick Wayne doesn't have a credit card. Okay, I get it. Uh, But most wrestlers, even of a normal age, don't have any way of like putting down a deposit on a hotel room. It's absurd sometimes, but you just roll with it. So rooms are my name. We pick up the rooms. I do want to shout out Another Gen Z thing, which is these little TikTok sketch videos. Yeah. But Allie was participating in this one. And they do them where it's like, not your voice. Like, I would think like, oh, we're doing a little skit. You need to hear my voice. But they just put the words over it. And they like mouth it. It's incredible. And the comedy timing is really fun. And it makes the acting look kind of bad on purpose, which is really humorous in its own way. But Allie was, as we were checking into the room, she goes, she goes, let's do one of those TikToks, Nick. And he's like, all right, hell yeah, Allie. And they also do the be real thing. You familiar with be yeah. real? And so they just keep looking at each other throughout the day and going, be fucking real. Be fucking real, Nick. Be real, Allie. I love it. It's incredible. Uh, but this was the sketch The sketch they did. And you probably have seen it if you follow either of them. Uh, Nick asked Allie, do you want to be in my TikTok video? And Allie goes, who's it for? And he goes, for my mom. And then she goes and starts flexing and showing her muscles off to try to impress Nick, Nick, uh, Wayne's mom, the maturity of him to be able to handle grown ass Allison hitting on his mom and being okay with the sketch to suggest that God bless Shana. She's an incredible woman, but God bless Nick Wayne for putting up with all these dummies in wrestling being like, What's up with your mom, Nick Wayne? Is your mom single? Can I go talk to your mom? And then also having Allie be like, what's up with your mom, Nick Wayne? It's this magical thing where like, he's so lackadaisical about it. And it's really incredible to see that he's mature enough to not be like, guys, fucking just, oh. and he, I think he's realized that no selling it is the easiest way to go. I have to go back in time, Peter, before we get to the end of the show, because 
the Sunday before the, the Columbus show, after we ate Waffle House, we had to go to Walmart. And this is the Walmart in Columbus, Ohio. And it was so full of incredible things. It was like walking into a snapshot of America. And I walk in and there's all sorts of weird things, but there's me and a guy at a similar pace walking to the same area. Okay. I was going to get, uh, I don't even remember what I was going to get. It was something, oh, I was going to get cough drops to try to help my throat. And we were both walking quickly. And then we both kind of did the thing where we circle the aisles. And then I heard him on the phone. And then I realized what was going on. And I thought it was so admirable to the men of Ohio for them to do this. I was looking for cough drops. He was looking for plan B. Guys, if you aren't the one to go buy the plan B from Walmart, you're a garbage piece of shit. The least you can do is go buy the plan B. Yo, she, she didn't cause you to have a permanent growth in you. You caused her to have a permanent growth in her. Okay. You need to go handle this. You need to be on top of it. I was heartwarmed by seeing him not only take the initiative, you can tell he was a little nervous. You know, these are college age looking guys and also call and make sure he was getting the right thing. And he didn't even, he didn't even hesitate. He knew what he was doing. God bless Ohio, the birth of Americana. It is, it is undistilled America that distills out on us through the river systems. It's all happening in Ohio. I flew home. I had to fly through LaGuardia, which fucking sucks. Like Ohio to LaGuardia to, the, to home, but I made it home safely. I played with my puppy dogs. AJ for the first time this weekend, Drove both dogs to Columbia to go with his mom and sister to see Rocky Horror Picture Show, the full stage play. Amazing. And had such a good time. Amazing. They got to do all the participating and all the fun. Uh, I I think he had a really good time. So I just want to throw that in there. He, he was off doing up. his own thing. Well, he wore like, not like dress up as a character from the movie, but he did dress up in a sense of like very spooky, fun yeah, Halloween right, right. horror tuxedo yeah. with the uh, orange Doc Martens outfit. Adorable, but he did, he did take both of those dogs with him and it was, it's a lot. It's a lot to take two dogs on a trip and go see a show and stay at a hotel. So I love him and I'm proud of him and we're still working on getting him in here for a Japanese episode. Uh, we are going to do questions. I think Peter, do you have anything to add Peter? I don't, your weekend was good too. (laughs) Yeah. I always feel like such a piece of shit where I'm like, all right, Peter, do you want to, do you want to talk now for a little bit? I've talked for an hour and a half. Do you have a word or a sentence you'd like to throw in? At least we acknowledge it. Patreon.com slash Weekend at Effie's. We are only taking Patreon questions right now. If you want to be a part of it, do it. You also get mini-sodes. You're about to get a weird video with a lot of dog footage. Turns out when I'm not wrestling, I just look at dogs. And uh, more fun stuff from Peter as well. All right, this is from Julie. What was Halloween like for both of you as kids? Any particularly good stories or funny slash weird anecdotes? I'm particularly curious about Peter, given he was outside of the U.S. Yeah, Peter, actually, I'm more fascinated by your Halloween than mine. Uh, yeah, so Halloween's not practiced in Kenya. It's okay. not a thing. Uh, they are very much anti-spooky stuff there just because uh, spirits are very real. Yeah. And it's not something... Why would you want to invoke with? that on no. purpose without some intention? Um, like, they don't like photographs. 
Okay. Because they believe it steals part of your soul. My mom actually had a photo of a guy holding a frying pan in front of his face to stop her from stealing his soul. I want to say as someone who is photographed often thousands of times throughout just a weekend period, it does, Peter. <laughs> you know? You know that song, Hanging by a Moment? It's about my soul. <laughs> it's hanging by a moment. Any more pictures? I might get a frying pan, Peter. So, okay, so they're not... This isn't, there's no lightheartedness to even the concept. It's sort of like, what are you talking about? That's, you're fucking with demons, dude. Yeah. But there was enough of an awareness because a lot of the missionary kids, we would go on furlough like every four years. So come back over to the States for a few months. So a lot of us would experience United States Halloween, which is incredible. Oh yeah. Like it's amazing to just go to random people's houses and get candy from them. Like what a novel thing. And you know, we're in a recession, Peter, but driving through Ohio, there's so much participation in the Halloween decor and making your house look cool. It's very enjoyable in that sense. Did you ever do any of the like candy in the trunk youth group fall festival kind of things at a church? That, that's what it ended up being. But it's Kenya. kind of the same thing. Yeah, is we would just, the missionary kids would get together and we would dress up. Um, it was Harry Potter for a lot of years, to be completely yeah. honest, just yeah. because that was like my favorite thing. Which really, who would have guessed? That's the scariest thing of all now. Um, I did do Count Olaf once because I love series of unfortunate events. I love, is you did a Jim Carrey Count Olaf or just a book Count Olaf? Oh, it was a book Count Olaf. That's incredible. Yeah, yeah. As a kid, I was a book purist. Every the books were always better. My brother—that's the only books my brother would read. Oh, really? And he just rip them out. He's um, like, they're incredible. He's like, they're yeah, so horrible dark. shit happens. And yeah. I'm like, what? And he's like, I love it. <laughs> uh, I will say this: as I think about it reflectively, I think I was a Halloween menace because we would obviously wear costumes, but we trick or treated late into our years because you could just get so much fucking candy and. I mean, our goal was to load up pillowcases, right? You can do 25 pounds of candy in a pillowcase. And we would often have to do drop-offs because if you have too much candy in there, people start getting a little sketchy about it. But I can remember going out and like we were living in the suburbs. So there's just neighborhood after neighborhood to cover. And if you were ready to do the cardio, which who would have guessed that my gay walking speed then before I even knew what it was would have helped me in this Halloween uh, sugar rush. I can specifically remember being a little obsessed with the candy, being a little particular about the candies and the order that you eat them in. This may be reflective of some like odd form of ADD OCD that's in there, but I would put them, I had one drawer in my dresser that was emptied out. And so I would stack the candy in there by order. And the last thing you eat of all the candies and a lot of the candy gets thrown out. You don't eat it, but it's about getting the weight. You want to see how much weight you could pull in candy the order was always, the final two was all Kit Kats and then all Butterfingers. And the reason is this. I think that we don't appreciate Butterfinger enough when you can just have it. And so if you wait till the very end, you're like, mm, I don't know, Butterfinger, I'll save it. And then by the time you get to it, you're like, oh my God, what the fuck was I doing? Butterfinger is ultimate. It's a Chico stick without coconut, which I have issues with that. Put the coconut in the Butterfinger. Covered in chocolate, it's incredible. I love Halloween. I'm going to a haunted house tonight. I can't say with who right now because I don't want people to find out and I don't want them to know where I'm going. Uh, but it's, this is, ins- I got a phone call yesterday. I got two phone calls yesterday, Peter, within about two hours. Last week was all lawyer talk on Monday. This Monday was all recommunication with people that I didn't think I had c- current contact with. And also, I can't believe that 
I'm, I told you about the, the shoot we're doing next week, right? Yeah. That's going to be absurd. Yeah, yeah. I don't think I'm in the shoot as a, you know, SAG accredited actor, but I'm sure the big man's going to find out and see what we can get a part of. You know what I mean? I'll bump for you, big man. I'll bump big for you, big man. I'll do this job or work. Uh, you'll figure out soon. And then you'll figure out with the haunted house soon. But I think both of these will be big things that we should talk about next week. Well, I guess one will be the week after one will be next week. Uh, this weekend though, Friday, I'm going to fast Saturday. I'm coming back from fast. And then Sunday, St. Louis for glory pro Monday though. Ooh, on a Monday, I think the stream is going to get changed. I'm still going to stream from Oakland, but I think it's going to be different because I'm going to be at hood slam for the hood slam Halloween show. And I'm going to do rowdy shit. I'm in charge of the show. Oh, not like in a effie book this and make sure everyone is represented and everyone has good matches. It was basically dark. Sheik being like, she's like, Hey, just fucking do whatever you want. Let's get weird. I was like, Hey, it's hood slam. Let's fucking go. So I'm very excited. Uh, back to questions, Peter. I'm sorry. I rambled. We have one more extremely important question. Okay. What is your favorite Pokemon? Okay, I answered this on Twitter finally. It's Meowth because he is anthropomorphic, he speaks perfect English, and he's a piece of shit, and he's always up to no good, but he's kind of a goofball. I know people are expecting cool Gyarados, whatever, shiny Mewtwo. No, it's Meowth. He's a cunt. I love him. Meowth.